What's up, dear society? Thank you for tuning in to the Dear Society by Rocky Richardson podcast. Welcome back to episode 7 of the Dear Society by Rocky Richardson podcast. I'm your host, Rocky Richardson. Very happy to be here. I hope you enjoyed episode 6, changing up the pace a little bit. Um, What you can look forward to uh, for our next episode, actually, is kind of a follow-up conversation. Um, Shout out to my co-host, The Voice. He was in the building. Shout out to Big Brava. Um, I thought that that was a very exciting episode. I like where it was going um, and definitely hopefully setting the pace for some future episodes that was my first interview. It was very exciting. Um, so yeah, um, in our next episode, I'm pretty sure there were some things um, that you may have been interested in hearing a little bit more about, I hope. Um, and just getting more information, um, more resources. And um, so we're planning on having a little more of an extended conversation, especially about some uh, points uh, that were made and you know, some things that because we wanted to make sure um, that we heard uh, our guest's perspective and, and all of the great things that he had to share, you know, we didn't really get into a whole lot of the meat of some of those topics. So we're hoping to bring some of those things back. Hopefully we will touch on some of the things that you may be interested in the most um yeah and have a little bit more discussion about that so that's something that you could definitely look forward to uh and upcoming episode um hoping to have taylor rain on i know that we mentioned that we would have him on um and so we're working on that working on some scheduling and we'll see what happens but we're hoping to definitely have him in on this season And if not this season, season one, definitely uh, for next year and season two, which I'm very excited about. Um, So just to share with you some of the the things that we have upcoming in it. Again, I wanted to mention um, to wish you all a happy holiday. I hope that you enjoyed your Christmas, your Hanukkah. I know that we're in Kwanzaa now. And I'm just hoping that you're enjoying your holidays, enjoying yourself, your family. I hope that you're being safe overall. And I'm looking forward to the new year and what the new year can bring. All of the endless possibilities and opportunities. All we have to do is be open to them. And I'm open. Um, Just by starting, you know, this podcast overall, you know, if you listen to episode one, testing, um, this is testing. Uh, jumping, I was encouraged to jump into the deep end and start something. Had the idea for Dear Society for a long time, and so here we are. And again, I really appreciate you tuning in. So for the future, next year, upcoming, one thing that you can look forward to is um, that I'll be um, launching a Facebook page Uh, Not a whole lot to it, but the plans are um, for you to have a platform, for us to have a platform to connect. So I like to, as we record our episodes um, and, you know, we get into these different topics, especially on mental health, I'm hoping that, you know, we can carry on the conversation and Facebook. And so you can look forward to the Dear Society by Rocky Richardson Facebook page. I would love for you to follow me. And um, and I would love to connect with you and actually take some time and meet my listeners, all of the people that are out there that are actually listening uh, to the sound of my voice and to some of the content that we share. So this episode, uh, the plan is to pick back up on uh, some of my story. I know that um, throughout the previous episodes I've been kind of unfolding very slowly um, some of the background of my life living with mental illness and so I want to pick that back up and share with you 
five things that are the that make living with anxiety and depression the most challenging. Five of the hardest things about living with an invisible mental illness. Quote unquote invisible. So I'm hoping that you'll tune in, stay tuned. I hope that you are relaxed or um, taking a good walk or a nice drive and that you're relaxed and focused in. And again, thank you for tuning in to the Dear Society by Rocky Richardson Podcast. I'll be back. Peace. Welcome back, Dear Society, to Episode 7 of the Dear Society by Rocky Richardson Podcast. Glad that you decided to tune in this evening as I am sharing a list of five of the hardest things about living with an invisible mental illness. Uh, Throughout the episodes, throughout the season, um, I think that I've been gradually unfolding um, some bits and pieces of um, my life and and some of the background of, you know, like from the beginning of um, experiencing symptoms with depression, anxiety, to actually being diagnosed um, when I was 17 years old. Um, And then I shared some other details about uh, just kind of me growing up and how the environment um, that I grew up in absolutely contributed to uh, the triggers of my mental illness, of, of the depression and anxiety. Many of you out there may know, you know, um, that depression, even, I don't know, I guess one could say that mental illness is, in a sense, an invisible illness and that you can't really look at a person and know what's ailing them. You don't know the type of pain that they're in just by looking at them. Um, It's so easy for people to walk around and really sometimes, a lot of times, go about their regular everyday life, working and school and taking care of their children and their husbands and wives and um owning businesses and you know we have so many celebrities that are dealing with these um, very real issues and you know it's very easy to slip under the radar when it comes down to it and that's very difficult um, because while I could speak for for example depression Um, And again, some of you out there may um, be able to identify with it, but um, it it causes you to isolate. And um, it's a very lonely place to be. Um, Even when you're in a room full of people, um, feeling that type of despair and that type of dark cloud over you, can make you feel quite alone, um, especially when it comes down to um, people that are closest to you, um, and you having a hard time. Sometimes it's very hard to break down um, exactly how you're feeling, and then how do you describe a feeling when you're feeling numb? 
Sometimes you just feel numb. So what I've realized over the years um, after having lived with the ins and outs of this mental illness is very real part of my life. I realize it has been quite challenging. Um, and so number one on my list I wanted to share with you is I feel I felt that it's harder for me. It has been harder for me to accomplish my personal goals. So let's talk about that. What do I mean? Um, so let's just say that, just to put, this, put things in perspective, um, I've always aspired uh, growing up to be a teacher. I had a knack for it. Um, I love to work with children. I love children. And I have taught. I have taught school. I I taught it on a full-time substitute uh, teacher um, type of contract with Baltimore City Schools, um, which was pretty awesome. I taught um, grades six through eight, and I had um, one class, one extended class with eighth graders. It was awesome. Um, But my goal um, prior to graduating high school was to go to college, graduate, become a teacher, that type of thing. And then also, I have always been an aspiring writer. I write poetry, I've written songs, and I've written a couple of novel ideas, haven't completed them yet. Um, And I also wrote a play. And... um, there have been a variety of opportunities that have come up and I feel that um, I think the average person has a certain level of anxiety when it comes down to trying new things and stepping out and kind of putting yourself out there Um, but unfortunately with generalized anxiety disorder um, is it's that average anxiety on 100? Is that average anxiety on steroids? What's average anxiety? Well, it's kind of typical for, yeah, um, and normal to have a certain level of anxiety again, um, when you're trying new things, you know, um, but it's always felt like it was to the 10th power. Um, when it came down to things that I wanted to do, putting myself out there. So I talked myself out of a lot of things um, because of anxiety, a lot of fear, uh, fear of failure, fear of success. Again, these, these I think that these are very real things that a lot of people deal with, um, but it was debilitating, debilitating fear. Uh, that would prevent me from moving forward. And what's interesting is that I've done and accomplished quite a bit in spite of, I I can definitely speak to that, Um, but I always wonder how much further I could be if it wasn't for this very real cloud that kind of pops up and gets itself settled into my life every now and then um with depression I just wanted to mention that you know you see a lot of commercials on TV about uh depression and you know they're advertising all these different medications and things but they talk about the symptoms and there are some symptoms that you know people are very familiar with you know the Uh, being fatigued and lack of motivation and you know people always say sadness sadness feeling blue Um, but um, imagine when we talk about 
reaching goals, right? Big goals. You know, we have small, um, short-term goals and we have long-term goals in life. Um, But to put things into perspective, um, imagine that there are some days uh, that I would actually wake up and I could barely get out of bed. Uh, let alone get in the shower. Um, some days no appetite. Um, just no um, motivation or drive for, for living and interacting with life. And I've shared this in the past before, and I'm, I'm going to share it here with you. One of the one way to give you a visual of what living with depression is like, it's like you fell in a dark hole. So picture yourself in a dark hole. You fell in a hole and you can look up. There's no ladder for you to get out. You can look up and up. You see all the people. You see people crossing the hole. You see people going about their everyday. You hear singing. You see dancing. You you hear laughter. All of these different things are going on above you. Above you. But you're in a dark hole. And you you try to, to speak out. You try to call out for help. But you forgot how to use your voice temporarily somehow there's no value you don't have your voice and you forgot and you remember that you were just up there you were just up there and somehow you fell and you're in this dark hole and you forget You see the world going on around you, but you forget how to interact with it. Um, And it's all temporary. And eventually, you start to see the light at the end of the tunnel, and you start to reach for it. And as you start to reach for it, you know, you you start to find your voice again, and you, you move. Um, that's the best way that I can describe uh, what it feels like to be and deal with uh, depression. So that's one of the hardest things. Um, trying, having, being an ambitious person, having um, dreams just like everyone else, having being talented, um, having multiple talents, um, and having all of these ideas, I have a million of them, um, and starting things, but having such a hard time finishing them. It's, it's definitely harder, but not impossible. Let me be clear, not impossible but harder and more challenging. Uh, Number two, number two on the list is um, five of the hardest things about living with invisible mental illness. So number two is the loneliness and isolation that comes with living with mental illness. So that comes with living with depression, I'll say for me. Um, I think that what I go through has lent itself to a lot of misunderstanding from the people that are closest to me. It's not fully understanding the nature of the illness that I'm living with every day. Um, And then... It's very difficult to have to explain yourself when you have to um, constantly explain 
your behavior when I had to constantly explain why I was or was not doing certain things, why I was not motivated, um, why I didn't want to come to the cookout, why I didn't pick up the phone, why um, my friends haven't heard from me in so long. Um, One of the things is that when you're going through, and this is probably, again, I think the average person, you know, you don't want to bring people down. You don't want to be a wet dish rag. You don't want to rain on anybody's parade and you don't want to um damper a party you know um especially when you know that that like for me I'll just speak again I'm speaking for myself um I um love to make people laugh and I love to dance and you know when it comes down to my actual um personality Let's say when I'm not ill and I'm not feeling, when I am feeling well and I'm feeling my best self. Yeah, I'm a very outgoing um, and life of the party type of person. When you're not that, when I'm not myself, um, I don't want to be around people and have to explain that. You know, and then sometimes it's painful, I think, to even be around people when you're feeling so um, sunken and so dark um, to be around people sometimes, because sometimes it's the opposite, you know, being around people will bring that, bring that laughter, will bring that sunshine back into your life at least temporarily. But sometimes, you know, it just kind of makes it worse. Um, and so we tend to isolate. And the the tremendous misunderstandings, the amount of times that I have heard um, people um, say that I don't care about them or I don't think about them or, um, you know... Um, And, and to feel like I'm not a good friend or I'm not a good, you know, it, it, it's because um, we all want to be our best versions of ourselves, right? Um, and I think that we all have the best intentions, but they don't always come over, over well. You know, that's we, we um, all know about good intentions, but it's very difficult to explain that that's not the case. The case. That's not the case. It's not that I don't care. It's just that I spend... I found myself spending a lot of time... Most of my time. 80%. 80 to 90% of my time. Home. Alone. Or in my own headspace. Um, and trying to find my way out actually trying to find an inspiration looking for the sunshine which I always talk about but just something essentially to pull me out of it and keep me going but um yeah it 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 was um it's very difficult again to explain and it's very easy uh, for there to be a ton of misunderstandings when it comes to you and your loved ones. That's the, that was the case for me, um, trying to have these conversations, these difficult conversations um, with my parents and explaining. You know, it can, it can be a bit taxing. Um, and especially when... Um, you want to reach out and you know that you need people. You know that you need someone. But it's hard to say 
in words what you actually need. That was me. It was hard to say in words what I actually needed. Um, so I'll move on. I'll move on. Number three, there were a lot of challenges with work. Um, So I may or may not have mentioned um, in previous episodes, but um, so I have been in the administrative uh, field, the field of administration for about 20 years or more now. And in the military, I was a human resource specialist for eight years. Um, and then I've been an executive assistant, administrative coordinator, that type of field. And as you, as we all know, um, and being in that field, you know, most people that you interact with, um, they have the, the, the expectation is to have excellent customer service. And with excellent customer service, it's normally a a smile and, you know, a polite demeanor and all of that. And that's the expectation every time you arrive to work, every time you answer the phone, and every time someone walks through the door and you're greeting them, you know, if that's, you know, if that's the position that you're in. So for me, um, I remember how challenging it was to have such a heavy heart and be struggling with so many different things on a personal level but then have to put on this face you know you have to go in and smile and for some reason I feel like society actually has a thing um, that there's this weird expectation that women are supposed to smile all the time check me on that but I feel like a lot of people will agree with me, a lot of women in particular, of course, um, will agree that that's the case. Have you ever had somebody like, you know, you're just kind of going about your day and then there's a a man that comes along and he's just like, smile, sweetheart. Why are you looking so mean? And it's just like, do we tell that? Do we do we say that to men? Do <laughs> does anybody come up to a man and like smile, sweetheart? <laughs> Why are you looking so mean? No, but for some reason society has taught has told women that we're supposed to be smiling and cheerful disposition all the time, never angry, never you know, false, 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 false. Throw all of that out the door. It's just not true. But in my case, and dealing with um, having this very real illness that I was um, being challenged with on a day-to-day basis that was kind of on my back, um, that took so much extra energy to push through, to get out of the bed, to put my clothes on, to get dressed, to put the makeup on, to, you know, look presentable, to come out to catch the bus or drive into traffic or whatever all of these day-to-day things that we all do but it's so much more effort that goes into it when you're struggling it was so much more effort for me and so I would be there at a desk at the desk in my office with so many people and so many different expectations And it's like, I'm actually not well. And then there's the part of not being comfortable with actually sharing that with anyone. So very rarely was um, I comfortable with, you know, just like kind of like when we, when we're ill, we take off. You know, when you're sick, when you catch a cold, when you have the flu, you know, or any other unfortunate, you know, disease or 
whatever it is as a human being that might come your way, you know, you, you take sick leave and you, you, you go out. Living with a mental illness is, is, is a little harder than that, especially since, um, again, it's hard to explain. And there's so much stigma, which I'll get into that. Um, but there's so much stigma associated with having a mental illness that, you know, you don't even, you, you can't go to your supervisor on an average day, in an average workplace and say, yeah, this is what I'm going through. I need some time off. I need a mental health day, which is a real thing these days, thankfully. Um, but yeah, juggling, um, work and task. Um, one of the other challenges was, um, and unfortunately it's grown more prevalent. I, I um, believe that I have an undiagnosed form of, uh, adult attention deficit disorder. And with that, um, it's harder, became harder to stay on task with things. So what I do know, um, from research is that depression has this lingering effect and I guess the longer that you live your life with it um it has a lingering effect uh on your brain and your cognitive uh functions and your executive functioning look that up executive functioning um but basically um that would explain why some of the hardest some of the what you know, for a lot of people would be some of the easiest tasks to do on a day-to-day basis, getting up, washing dishes, cleaning your house, making your bed or something like that can be so hard for someone that has been battling depression for a really long time. Um, so yeah, it, it became increasingly harder to stay on task. And so I would either be very hyper-focused hyper-focus on a task, uh, which is a good thing, can be a good thing. But once that, once I'm veered off, let's say a phone, a phone call comes in or something like that, it's how long does it take to get back on task and get back focused? And tell that to your supervisor. How do you, how do you explain that? You know, like for, for me, I'm, I'm just, I, I keep saying you because I'm, I, this conversation is directed towards my listeners, but I'm speaking of myself. So I know that I'm intelligent. I know that there's no test. When, when I go into work every day, um, I know that I'm a quick learner, a fast learner very motivated to learn. I love to learn new things. I know that I'm highly intelligent. I have high emotional intelligence. Um, I know um, that, uh, you know, I have good analytical skills. I know that I'm actually good at organizing um, things, Um, you know, but you know these things about yourself, but it's just like, You actually witness, I witness myself and the change. Um, And it got to a point where I started to have to acknowledge I am different. I have changed. But try to tell that to your supervisor. You notice you're fully capable of doing the work that is presented to you. But you know that you're going to have a harder time. You know, everyone, um, when we have challenges, the the way that the human spirit works is that, you know, we find, in spite of whatever it is that we deal with, we find a way to meet, um, we, we find a way to rise above it. We find a way to work around it. You know, there are so many people all across the world and, you know, it doesn't have to be mental illness, but we just have different things that we deal with. Um, we're all different. We all learn differently. We all, you know, so with that being said, we learn how to adapt, you know, but the truth is, is that as you're adapting, it still can be quite challenging. And 
yeah, just in the past in particular, um, navigating the stigma of um, mental illness and not being comfortable with uh, openly um, sharing that, yeah, this is a part of me with my supervisors and colleagues and things like that. Whereas, you know, people talk all the time about other illnesses. You know, that was very challenging for me. Um, Another thing is um, navigating our, my intimate relationship. So having, um, having been married, um, I could get into that, um, but I just think relationships as a whole, uh, I think that we all have, um, challenges when it comes to relationships you know relationships uh they mirror they they give you a mirror and they show you yourself and they will challenge you and so I think that it's all about growth um you can learn a lot about yourself I know I learned a lot about myself in the various relationships that I've been in um but you know one of the challenges um, is, huh, I have mental illness. I have depression and generalized anxiety disorder. It's a part of my day-to-day life. And you're thinking that you're inviting a new person into your life, someone that you uh, have grown to love, admire, respect um, and enjoy and you learn that this person loves you too and so what happens is that uh, what happened with me I know for sure um, is that I tried to hide it okay so that was my go to once once, once I got to the point, once I got to the point where um, I felt that I was getting closer to a person, um, one of the things that I would do, um, actually for a variety of different reasons, but I would say that um, the various mood swings and the fact that I was prone to depression, um, that was number one on the list for me to uh, run in the opposite direction and kind of pull away from a person because I didn't want them to see the worst in me. You know, we all, everyone wants to be loved and accepted for who they are. Um, And we all deserve to have someone that loves us and um, embraces us for who we are, flaws and all. Um, But what that looks like in real life, (laughs) it sounds great, but what that looks like in real life is not easy at all. And I'm sure you know that. I'm sure you know that. So definitely one of the things that I did did, um, is that I would make a run for it Um, When I felt, um, you know, that things were getting a little too serious and, you know, just kind of calling myself, kind of stepping back and evaluating and can I do this? And because I didn't want to fail. I didn't want to fail. For some reason, that has been always an overarching uh, uh, voice in my head don't want to fail I don't want to fail and who does 
no one no one wants to fail but this has driven anxiety for me for many years I don't want to fail at this I don't want to fail at that I don't want to fail at this I don't want to fail that and that people listeners (laughs) is why I'm here actually trying to go against that not good enough I don't want to fail I don't want to fail I don't want to fail uh ever too loud voice in my head um because the truth is is that if we always are overwhelmed with the voice of I don't want to fail I don't want to fail we'll never try we'll never try we'll never try and um the whole point is to try in spite of whatever and so I did try in a variety of relationships and of course, the closer that you get to a person, um, the more they're going to see of you. And you can... I've Now, let, let me backtrack for a second. I've always been the type of person that is a what you see is what you get type of person. Now, I've always been that way. But when it comes down to it, I'll show you... All of the variety of different facets of me. Um, but when it came down to um, being depressed, yeah, that part. I'm not going to openly discuss that. Um, not at first. And so I remember um, prior to getting married, that was a big thing for me in particular. And I, I tried to hide that from uh tried to hide that from him for a really long time um but but yeah that um of course it was <laughs> that um was very temporary didn't last very long and um yeah we 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 hung in there but you know what I will say to that is that it d- does bring a lot of challenges because again burying yourself and being vulnerable with a, a, another individual which we absolutely need to do um, to be intimate, to be close. Um, you have to be willing to bear yourself and show your flaws. Um, but it's definitely not easy. It's definitely very challenging. And so I think that that's my point uh, without getting into a whole lot of other stuff. Um, um, but the key, I will say, um, the light at the end of the tunnel is this. Um, find someone or hopefully they'll find you um, that you can be vulnerable with. If if you're not able to um, bear your soul to the individual that says that they love you and they don't love you. In other words, trying to talk to as hard as and, cha- and as challenging as it may be, but trying to expose that very real part of yourself to your parent, your mother, your father, your siblings, um, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your wife, your husband, whoever it may be, your loved ones, your nearest and dearest. Um, those people that love you, they will accept you, flaws and all. Um, another, the you know, last on the list, I didn't want to make this list really long. Um, I know that we can definitely, absolutely get into a lot of uh, discussion and, you know, go into a lot of different branches of these topics. Um, but the last thing on my list is the social stigma. Dear society. Um, couple of different points. One is that well let's start here there is another myth that is lingering around in my community and and that's that 
black women have to, I'm sorry for those of you who didn't know, um, <laughs> I, I am a black woman. Um, I, yeah, I didn't want to make that assumption because you, you haven't seen me. But, um, yeah, there's an, there's, there's a, um, a thing that says that black women have to be strong all the time. There's also a thing that we're, we're not supposed to be angry. <laughs> we're not supposed to show anger, but that's, that's like a whole nother topic. I can definitely do a spinoff on that, but. But um, we are supposed to be strong all the time. All the time. I understand where, where it came from. I do. I, I definitely do. You know, um, growing up in our communities, um, unfortunately, you know, there's so many um, missing male figures in the household. Um, and... You know, we become the pillars of the family. You know, you become everything to the people around you. And um, and I think that that's an amazing thing. I think that that's great. Um, but the truth is, is that we actually carry a lot. I believe, and I've shared that with you all in previous episodes, that women in general... Um, carry a lot and this is no love taken away from men um, especially black men in particular um, because I've witnessed I'm, I'm here so but we take on a lot um, as women as black women and um, you know we're, we're watching the things that are happening in our communities, um, the things that are going on around us, um, the things, the challenges of work. Um, there's so many things to juggle um, that we can get into. And actually, I do have a plan to um, hopefully have some special guests in uh, season two, um, that can speak to some of these things, um, specifically, um, because this is a whole separate, um, conversation, but we as black women feel that we have to be strong all the time. So imagine someone, a woman who has a mental health diagnosis, um, who is dealing with anxiety, who is dealing with depression, such as myself, um, but is but has this uh, assumption that I can't let anybody, I can't let anyone see my tears. I have to wipe these tears quickly away. I have to suck it up and drive on. I have to get to work. I have to get to school. I have to smile. I have to dance my pain away I have to and you know here's the thing I can I there is a place for survival there's a place for us adjusting and adapting for survival to keep moving but there's also a place to let go there is a place to be vulnerable there's a place to show weakness. There's a time and a place for that too. And we need to embrace that more as black women and yes, as women overall. Um, and so living with that, you have to be strong all the time um, thing. There's not a whole lot what I found um, and I definitely found a light at the end of the tunnel, which I'll share with you about the Green Heart community um, in, in, in the future, in the near future. Um, but, you know, li- I, I lived with that for a long time, you know, just feeling like um, 
who am I going to? Okay, because if I'm going to another black woman and I'm telling her and I'm sharing with these, these you know, with her, with these very real things that I'm experiencing, um, what is she going to say? It's interesting because um, I remember a conversation and I can't remember who um, I was speaking to at the time. But someone told me that they were actually um, hospitalized in patients, a black woman. And actually, yeah, okay, so I do, I do remember. Um, so there was a presentation that I saw, and a young lady that was presenting shared her story, and she said that she was, uh, remember that she was inpatient um, in the hospital at one point um, for depression. And she said she remembers being laying there in a the bed, and she had a nurse, another black nurse. Um, and the, uh, the nurse came to her and she was like caring for her and everything. And she says, remember one time the nurse pulled her to the side, you know, and you know, she was on her bedside and she said, you know, we, we don't, we, we're black women. You know, you need to, you need to get out of here. Like you need to pull yourself up, basically pull yourself up by your bootstraps and you need to you know, uh, get it together, basically snap out of it. Cause we don't, we don't, you don't need to be here. You know, you don't belong here. You don't belong here. And here's an interesting, fun, funny thing. I had that said to me before. Um, I was also hospital. I was hospitalized several times, several times or more, um, uh, due to depression, uh, suicidal ideation, which I will absolutely get into in future episodes. Um, But I've had that said to me before by uh, health professionals. And that's so misguided. That's so... uh, It's just wrong. It's just wrong. And so imagine the challenges... The problem, you know, it's kind of obvious, right? The, the the problem with that of 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 having people that are ill, that are truly ill, having them think that they shouldn't be, and that. I don't want to hear that. I know, I know that you're stronger than this. No, you're a sh- how, how often did I hear that? The social stigma is real. It's so real. Wow. And we know this because this is what we're fighting for on a day-to-day basis. The reason why it's one of the reasons why I have a podcast. <laughs> That's what Dear Society is is here for. To end that stigma. We need to talk about it. Honestly, you're telling, you're making people think that you're too strong for that. I'm too strong to get sick. That leads me into another. Um, Again, social stigma. Let's talk about religion. So I, I grew, I was raised pretty much as a Christian. I didn't grow up really heavy in a church, but I believe in Christian values. And um, I have faith in God, our creator. And a lot of people will tell you that you should have faith and that if you pray, you 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 will be healed and i do believe in healing i do believe in prayer i do pray but when you say that i believe in my opinion that it should be a part of your therapy a part of i mean use a very simple example if you have a person, if you are a loved one is diagnosed with high blood pressure and you, your doctor prescribes uh, high blood pressure medicine for you to regulate your blood pressure, you're going to take that medication. 
And I don't know a whole lot of people that are going to tell you, oh, you better stop taking that medication uh, because you have faith and you're a Christian. And so you should not take that. You should go pray. You should go to the altar. You should lay it on the altar and you will be healed. You can be healed. You can be healed from anything. There are hundreds of thousands of stories of people that have been healed. So that's not, we're not, we're not taken away from that. But what I'm saying is to, to completely disregard the conversation that needs to be had of this very real ailment that the person is going through because it allegedly contradicts the fact that they should have faith. Yeah, that is wrong. And I've heard it. I've heard it before. I've heard it from loved ones, people that are near and dear to me. Oh, I just pray. Oh, I just pray. I don't. I do pray. So, yes, that is a challenge. The social stigmas that are associated with mental illness, um, those walls need to be torn down. You're too strong to be depressed. You're too intelligent to be depressed. You're too beautiful to be depressed. You're too this. You're too that. You have too much faith. Our God is too big. Yes, he is. Yes, all of that. But at the end of the day, when a person is experiencing depression, anxiety, any mental illness, that these things are the last things that you should be saying to them. The last thing that you should be saying to them. So I think I'm going to wrap up here. Um, those are the five hardest things, five of the hardest things about living with an invisible mental illness for me, for me. And we could talk till the cows come home about each and every one of those things, each point. Um, but I'm hoping that something that I said resonated with you. And that it causes you to think. And it causes you to be encouraged if you are like myself um, to continue to open up and have these conversations. I also hope that you would be encouraged to, uh, if you are not already getting the help that you need, I hope that you're encouraged to begin to reach out again and to start having the conversations that need to be had. Um, Because there's no reason for us to suffer alone. Uh, It's very easy to do. It's very easy to isolate yourself. Um, But there are so many resources and also there are so many people that can identify with what you and I, what we go through. Um, It's just a matter of opening up and searching and having a desire to be well, to get well, and for things to turn around. I'm living proof that it can happen. I'm alive and I'm well overall. It takes work. I shared it in previous episodes and I'll be sharing it in future episodes. It takes a lot of work, but it's worth it because it's your life. We only get one as far as we know. (laughs) As far as we know. So we do owe it to ourselves and we owe it to our loved ones to take our mental health seriously. So those are my five hardest things about living with mental 
illness. Um, again, I'm hoping that uh, we're going to pick back up conversation, um, especially um, in uh, 2021, hopefully launching in January, where we'll have the Dear Society by Rocky Richardson uh, podcast Facebook page. And so that you'll be able to go onto that page once I activate it and you'll be able to like and follow. And then we'll have some discussions where, you know, we'll get in there and we'll go live and hopefully you'll join me and continue the discussion and, um, and join me in this mission um, and fighting the stigma against mental illness. And then also um, join me and getting very cozy with being who you are, um, being your authentic self, um, looking in the face of society and saying, this is me. I represent society as well. I am a member of society as well. My voice deserves to be heard as well. My story deserves to be told as well. And, and tell it. And tell it. So that's what we're here for. Dear listeners, dear society, I truly appreciate you joining me today. Episode 7 of the Dear Society by Rocky Richardson podcast. Um, I hope that you tune in. going to share with you a little bit more. Stay tuned. I'm going to share with you a little bit more about what to expect in episode 8 of the Dear Society by Rocky Richardson podcast. I hope that you're well. Take care of yourself and be blessed. Peace. society i hope you enjoyed episode seven of the dear society by rocky richardson podcast i'm your host rocky richardson and i am your co-host wayne riddick jr aka the voice host of podcasting with Priya. happy, happy new, new year, year! <laughs> <laughs> here's some of the things that you can expect uh, for the new year um so one of the things that we said we were going to do is have a follow-up conversation with Big Brava. You know, we had our first interview this season, which was great. Um, if you missed it, that's on episode six. And so we're definitely going to have a part two to pick up on, uh, you know, that conversation and, and dig a little d- bit deeper into some of those topics. And then another thing to look forward to is... Uh, launching our uh, Dear Society by Rocky Richardson Facebook page. I mentioned it a little bit earlier, but definitely wanted to have a spot where we can uh, jump on and uh, connect with our listeners um, a little bit and just get a little more, little, little bit more intimate with the community. So that is uh, something that you could definitely look forward to in upcoming episodes as well. Also stay tuned for our special relationship episode where we're going to answer um, some of your relationship questions and mm-hmm. have an intimate conversation. So, you know. Intimate conversations. That should be fun. Very intimate. <laughs> Very but fun. not too intimate. Not too intimate. No, not. On the, but no. you never know. You never know. And then also we have um, season two. Very excited about season two. Um, we're here. We have made it to 2021. And um, we are down to the end of our uh, first season of the Dear Society by Rocky Richardson podcast. So very excited. I really appreciate um, all of my loyal listeners, those of you who have subscribed and who have consistently um, and are caught up with all of the episodes. If you are not, and this is the first episode that you've listened to, please go back and check out all of the episodes, starting with testing episode one, uh, very good content, um, and all kinds of things that will steer our conversation about mental health. Um, so season two, looking forward to a lot more interviews, a lot more special guests, 
And definitely those live conversations. Live conversations is something that you can look forward to um, over on Facebook, on the Facebook page. So make sure, make sure that we launch and it'll be coming soon within the week or so. Um, make sure that you like us um, on Facebook and that you follow me and that you look for those live videos. So again, I really appreciate you tuning in to this episode of the Dear Society by Rocky Richardson podcast. I hope that you are blessed. I hope that you are well. Wishing you another happy new year for you and your family. You take care. See you next time. Peace. Peace. Peace.